Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's Dina Calmetti here and Susan Davis with Jesus 24-7. And today's topic, we're going to talk about intimacy with God, and this is going to be part two. Susan, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Dina. It's great to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So I am so excited about this topic today. And you actually did a whole presentation for this. Actually, in the past, you've spoken on this before, besides here on YouTube. Right. I've done some retreats on this topic in the past. And uh, it's a it's it's a great topic, by the way, you know, it to me, it's like the, you know, the pinnacle of, you know, topics is intimacy with God. Amen. So let's go to the first slide. Okay. And let's talk about that. Okay. So this first slide, I noticed that the first thing you have listed is surrender your life over to God completely. Exactly. And yeah, that's key. And it's just really a matter of faith. And uh, people ask, well, you know, where am I going after this? Well, once you give God permission, you know, you're going to go places and it's going to be up to him from that point on. And you just have to live your life in prayer and reading the Bible and repentance and prayer is just a fancy way of saying talking to God. I, I prefer to say talking to God because sometimes prayer can seem trite to people. Like there's a lot, whole lot of people out there that really don't think about God but profess to pray for someone. Prayer is having a relationship with God and talking to him. So once you move into that, then God is the one that takes you where you need to go. And Amen. so what do I mean by that? I mean, he'll open doors and close doors in your life. He'll bring people into your life, take people out of your life. He'll bring things into your life and out of your life. And he will uh, set you apart from the world. And he doesn't always do it overnight. It's sometimes and mostly a gradual thing. Because if God showed you your bad self all at once, you would you wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> That's how I, how I put it. So he, little by little, he weans you off of the world and shows you uh, how you need to um, change. And so what, how are we changing? You know, we're taking on the mind of Christ. And that's what, uh, that's what this is all about, basically. Amen. Amen. So um, one of the things here on this slide is pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then right after that is baptized in the Holy Spirit. Right. And we're going to get into that. We're definitely going to get into that topic. I'm very excited about it because for a very long time, I was part of a lukewarm church, actually, for, I would say, at least 25 years. And in fact, I was in charge of outreach and for 10 years and was very involved and I didn't even really know these things could really spoken of because they were lukewarm. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so sadly, I didn't understand a whole lot of important things. And so now I'm trying to go out and uh, share with others what the Lord himself has shown me 
that I was not being shown in my own church, in my own church experience. And I can, I can truthfully say that I was deep into the lukewarm church. I was part of the government of the lukewarm church. I was active. I, I was doing almost everything you could do just short of being employed there, okay? So in a volunteer way. And I thought I had my God piece going on, Dina. But, <laughs> you know, God took me out and showed me that I was lost. Even with all of that, I was lost. And I think this is exactly what happened to Paul. I think Paul sincerely thought he was doing the right thing, immersing himself in understanding uh, what he was involved in. And then it was God who had to show up on the road to Damascus and say, no, Paul, (laughs) it's not like that. It's like this. And so that's what I want to do is to share my testimony and how God pulled me free from my lukewarmness and, you know, put me back on the right path, the narrow path that few find. Okay. Amen. So that was a bit of a long way to get to the next point, but here we are. (laughs) Let's go ahead and take a look at the next slide here that I've got. And we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is different than water baptism. So a lot of people are going to be like a little surprised by what we're showing uh, because a whole lot of this is never taught in the churches, but it is scriptural. And so we're going to show you the scripture and how this works exactly. So let's take a look at this scripture right here. It says in Acts 9, 3 through 4, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? So this is Paul on the road to Damascus. And that is Jesus Christ appearing to him and asking him the question, why persecutest thou me? So we'll go to the next one. And we see that Paul became a believer in Christ but was not yet baptized with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And here's the scripture. In Acts 9, 6, it says, And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. It's very significant to see here that Paul was a believer in Jesus Christ, before he was baptized in fire. And this is the scripture right here that we know this because he acknowledges Jesus as Lord at that point. Now, remember, he's a Hebrew, right? He was a Pharisee. (laughs) He was a Pharisee. And he was a raging Pharisee. (laughs) He was very intense. Yeah, he was the one that ordered Christians to be killed. Exactly. And he stood by... And held coats, I think it was, as other Pharisees were actually stoning Stephen, who was the first martyr. Yep. And so it says here that the Lord gave him a command, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So he acknowledges that he's Lord and he takes a command from him. So he became a believer right there on the road to Damascus. 
but he's still not yet baptized in the Holy Spirit. So let's see what happens next. We're going to go to the next one. Okay, so next, Ananias baptizes Paul in the Holy Spirit. And so Acts 9, 17 through 18, and I'll read, and you can read along. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and rose and was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, those are my words at the end there. But he was baptized in the Holy Spirit because it says in the prior scripture there, uh, that he would be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so that's an amazing scene right there because, boom, it says he entered into the house. And so the next thing we know is that he's being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the a same, miracle. He got his sight back, too. He got his sight back because he was blinded on the road to Damascus. I think it was for a period of three days. Yes. And then he receives his sight back. Exactly. And he also received his spiritual sight, which is a very important point, that he received both the sight of his eyes physically and the eyes of his heart were opened also. So we can see that's a pretty powerful thing going on there. And the same thing happened with Peter when he went to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile. And he and his family or or the people with him were baptized in the same way in a house with by Peter, who prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit. And so Amen. there you have it. This is not going on in a river. Okay, this is going on in a home. So now we're going to take a look at Acts nineteen, one and two. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Now, we're breaking this scripture down because we're going somewhere with this. And I put in this parentheses the word believers because I want to point out that these disciples would have been believers or they wouldn't be called disciples in the scripture. Correct? That's right. Okay, so let's move to the next section. He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? Okay, I've got that word believed in caps. And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. So they are believers, disciples, and followers of Jesus Christ. And they admit right here to Paul in Acts that they have never even heard of such a thing as the Holy Ghost, okay? Mm-hmm. Continuing on through Acts 19, 3 and 4, And he said unto them, and that's Paul, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. And I have in their water in parentheses. Then said Paul, John, verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. So they, these people, this group of believers, 
admit to Paul that they had received a baptism of water through John or a baptism of sorts in the water of repentance, but it's also a symbolic human event, which is done with human intervention, so to speak. Okay? Amen. Mm -hmm. So we're moving on to the next slide. Let's take a look at Acts 19, 5 through 6. So when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Praise God. Right. And so you see, this is exactly the same thing that we see that happened to Cornelius, the centurion, uh, when he was in the house with Peter. They received that same Holy Spirit fire baptism so that they would prophesy and speak in other languages. And so this is the same thing that happened to this particular group that Paul encounters, okay? And so we're going to go to the next one. The Holy Spirit baptism was received by Cornelius and other Gentiles at the preaching in uh, Peter's house, which I mentioned. So let me read the scripture, Acts 10, 44, 46. And it says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, and then answer Peter. So that's a pretty exciting moment and we're going to move on to the next passage and we see clearly that the holy spirit baptism preceded the water baptism now watch this acts 10 47 48 can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the holy ghost as well as we and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Okay? So this is significant. It's right here. It's so clear. Yeah, it's right there in black and white. It's in black and white. It's right in that book called the Bible. <laughs> and it's you can't deny it. Uh, can any man forbid water? that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And so, in one instance, they receive water baptism and then receive the baptism of fire, which was two separate baptisms. So the order was water, then fire. Okay, but in this instance, with Peter, we see the fire baptism and then the request to have the water baptism done. That was me. So, yeah. Same thing happened well, to me. I guess that's amazing because the opposite was for me, Dina. I had a water baptism situation with a church that's lukewarm, but I mean, that doesn't matter. I still made the commitment to do that, and I was water baptized, and as far as I was concerned, that was, you know, a take, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> as far as a water baptism goes, uh, it doesn't matter. My heart was, you know was right, I believe, with wanting that, that particular baptism at that time. Okay, so we're going to take a look at the next section. 
Matthew 3.11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Now, this is John speaking, but he that cometh, I mean, John the Baptist, let me yes. be yes. clear. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. And I love that about John. Obviously, the man had some humility about him. Yes, I was just going to say that. Very humble. Very humble. Um, He obviously knew that Jesus was the Messiah and God himself even. And then he goes on and says, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And so I love this. I love the scripture so much because it's so clear that baptism is not a baptism of fire. And I'm not saying that somebody cannot be baptized in the Holy Spirit at the same time they're having a water baptism. It's really just up to God. It's all up to God. Amen. Amen. What's going to happen, what the order is. But if somebody's been baptized in water... And they've never heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they've never requested to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that they would have a full oil lamp, as it is spoken of in the section of Matthew 25, with the ten virgins, in which half of the virgins had less than half of the oil in their lamps. The other five had a full oil lamp, and they're the ones that get to go with Jesus when he comes back for them. So this is a very important teaching right here that we're discussing this Bible study is very significant to all Christians, believe it or not. If you are a living, breathing person and you claim to be a Christian, this is important to you. So let's take a look at Luke 3.16. And it says, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. There's those words again. Yeah, look at that. And so this is in two locations in the Bible. First, we see it in Matthew 3.11, and we see it in Luke. So when God repeats himself, he does it for a reason. He's trying to make sure you understand this point. And so it's very clear that these are two separate things going on. And so if you've only ever been baptized with water and you've never heard of a baptism of the Holy Spirit, then you need to look into this. And how do you go about it? Well, the thing about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, Dina, is you don't need to have a big event to do it you don't need to go somewhere you can do it right in your home amen amen and you can pray for it um i've prayed over a lot of people to receive the baptism of the holy spirit i had this one experience well we put we put out a request that anybody who felt that they would like to be prayed over to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit that, you know, to give us a call. And I, you know, I'd be glad to do that. And I was Skyping with people from all over the world. <laughs> we were doing Praise this, God. you know? Praise God. And I was Skyping with someone in another country. I wish I could remember where, but it was, you know, uh, really far from where I am. And I'm praying over this individual, a woman. She's, Definitely excited about this, being prayed over to receive 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She didn't need me to pray, but I willingly did it with her. She could have done it on her own, right? That's right. But we did it together. I prayed with her and, you know, we talked about it and we prayed sincerely. And this is what she said to me. She goes, as as we're praying and as this is going on, she goes, the whole time, she said she could feel electricity coming over her. That's so awesome. And I was like, yeah, that's a move of the Holy Spirit, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And so that was really exciting to have that going on. I mean, I'm, I'm way far away from this individual, and I'm on one end of the phone, and she's in another part of the world, and this, you know, the Holy Spirit is manifesting. So that's very exciting stuff. Nothing is impossible for God. Never. <laughs> never, never. So you can do long distance <laughs> praying for baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't even need to be in the room with the individual, okay? Amen. Uh, if you have water involved, yeah, you might need to be in that room with them. So let's move to the next one. We're going to Acts 1 through 5. So the water baptism, you we see for John truly baptized with water. And the Holy Spirit baptism but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And so we're even seeing a different timetable here in the scripture, okay? Do you see that, Dina? Yeah. We're seeing the, the, the scripture clearly shows... Two different time... Yeah, it's a different... Uh, two different yeah. events. Two events, a different time frame, because it says not many days hence. So... It doesn't have to be, like, all at the same time, even on the same day. It could even be a year or two later. Or 20. Yes, yes, exactly. So it's just up to God, almost, how this is all going to go down. Do you see what I'm saying? It goes back to that scripture. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're His much wonder to behold. Amen. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, it's always, and God is always on time, you guys. So um, just know that he's never late and he's never early. He's just right on time. So if he says today is the day that you should receive the fire of the Holy Spirit and be baptized in the Holy Spirit, then that'll be the day. Yeah, and I want to say to people, uh, when you start to get excited about the possibility of being baptized in the Holy Spirit or getting intimate with the Lord or any of these types of things, it's probably not your idea, okay? (laughs) Because (laughs) I hate to burst your bubble, but that would be God working on your heart because he's drawing you to himself. Amen. Amen. We would not go to God if he did not draw us to himself, because there's nothing good in us to even understand that we need his goodness. So wrap your brain around that, right, Dina? That's right. (laughs) So if you feel God nudging you in this direction, like you're feeling like I need to go do this, then you better move because God is drawing you. He himself is drawing you. And that's an exciting thing. Yeah, you don't Uh, want to ignore God. Oh, no. And it's very exciting that God is uh, calling you up. I mean, the hotline from God is ringing, and you better go for that phone. <laughs> Amen. <I> <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because you 
you know, you can grieve the Holy Spirit uh, to a point where, you know, you get so far away that it may it, it may be too late in some cases. And uh, that's kind of sad to say, but it's scriptural. We just need, it's, it's scriptural. And so we need to respond when we feel. In fact, if this program is speaking to your heart, then it's not by accident. It is... <laughs> God has put us here to talk about it before you to listen to it, and it's no accident. So you need to move on this, and you need to do it now. I wouldn't wait. Don't wait. So let's go take a look at what's up next here in John sixteen seven. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, and I have in parens, Holy Spirit, will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And so we see that this is Jesus talking, and he's talking to his disciples, and he's talking before he's crucified, and he's talking about he's going away, and he's at the point where he's going to send the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, and he's going to come to the people. And he's saying, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Amen. Because he never leaves us nor forsakes us. Right. And what's important about this is previously Jesus himself was water baptized. And also that meant that the disciples probably would have been. And so then the comforter comes later and tongues of fire rest on them later after Jesus is hold back up to heaven book of acts exactly they wait they're told to go wait in this place and they wait and then they all start speaking in different languages because tongues of fire come down on them so this is pretty exciting stuff because we see that this this is showing us that there are two separate events going on and people ask me about the water baptism and i want to talk about that for just a minute because a lot of people have been baptized in fire. They do have gifts of tongues or things of that nature, other spiritual gifting. And they have never actually had a water baptism. And I have people ask me that question too. Well, should I just go ahead and get the water baptism or do I not need it? And so this is my personal opinion. You can take it for what it's worth. But I believe we should get those water baptisms because Jesus did it. And I, I feel that... 100% agree with you. I feel if Jesus did this when he was God <laughs> on earth, uh, the man God, um, I believe that he was setting an example for us to follow, or he wouldn't have done it himself. And because John the Baptist says, you know, baptize me. And, God, and Jesus says, no, you need to do this. And so uh, a man baptized God, the God-man Jesus. And so that's pretty, that's pretty, you know, substantial right there. I believe the water baptism is important. I believe it is a testimony to those looking on, you know, wherever you're involved. And do you need to be in a church per se for it? No, no. In fact, we've done retreats. And we've had some of our retreat attendees want to be baptized. And we just, we get a hold of them and we put them in big showers. 
course. <laughs> and we stand around. And one time I was with someone at a bus station and this person wanted to be baptized. And we just grabbed a, a water bottle and it was a beautiful thing. We baptized her right there with a water bottle. Amen. And God showed up, by the way. It was amazing because I said something at the time. We were we were baptizing this woman and she was at this bus station traveling and we were there ministering to people at the bus station in our city and we went outside by a rock and we took this bottle of water and here's an amazing thing I said well you know maybe we should read something out of the bible while we're doing this you know and I opened the bible up just opened and there I my eyes fell on the story of Lydia in the bible and it talks about her being baptized Okay. <laughs> this happened. I'm not kidding. I love how he does that. <laughs> I was so like, wow. And we talked and it talked about the beauty of Lydia being baptized. But here's the here's the amazing thing. I don't know if you guys remember, but Lydia, baptized by Paul, she was a seller of purple, right? Do you remember that? Yes. Okay, so the young woman we were baptizing had a purple shirt on. <laughs> not a coincidence I just, I just thought wow that is really great I mean God is just full of surprises you know no so, coincidence there no coincidence you know it's not so much about the building or any you know anything about the church per se it the church is a body of people and it's about the move of God in somebody's heart it's about the heart okay that's what this is all about, which takes us right back to what we're talking about, which is intimacy with God. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a look at the next section. So in these prior verses, we can see the following points. John baptized in water before Jesus started his ministry on earth. And John's water baptism was a baptism of repentance. And so Christ had to die on the cross to pay for our sin and to send the comforter to us. And I just say, praise God that Jesus did that for us. Yeah. Amen. 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 And so point number four is the baptism of the Holy Spirit was not a water baptism and was performed in houses and in dry locations in the Bible because it's a separate baptism from John's water baptism. And then point five is the Holy Spirit baptism is a baptism of fire and brings change. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit, which is God coming to move into the person to bring spiritual change, including help to fight sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. And for people out there that have not re yet received something like this, you're talking to a couple people who have. And it's kind of like, Dina, it's kind of like when you're an employee and then suddenly you're a boss and you're on the other side of the desk and it's a different look. And you can't really understand that look until you're on that side of the desk. That's you right. You see what I'm saying? That's right. And so once you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's a big change up. And we can say that because we've experienced both. I've experienced Christianity from the perspective of being lukewarm. And I've experienced it from the perspective of, you know, having the, the filling of the Holy Spirit come into my life. And it's two different looks. And until you just reach out in faith to give this a try, you'll never know what it's, it's like. 
Amen. And God wants you. He wants to baptize you with the fire of his Holy Spirit. It's something that he wants. So don't ever worry that, you know, will God give this to me? No, he wants you to have this. Right. He wants you to have it, but he won't force it on you because he's a gentleman. That's right. And he won't force himself into your life. He will only ever invite and draw and reason with you, but he will never force this arrangement on you, this relationship. This is all done by your permission. You have to grant him permission to come into your life and take over. Isn't that amazing? It's wonderful. I mean, we don't have a God like all these other gods that everybody is involved with. They're, that are, you know, they ask you to, you know, sacrifice your children and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, that's just, wow. I mean, that's evil. And we know where that's all coming from. Yeah, from the pits of hell. No, exactly. This, Yeshua, Yeshua, he wants to, he'll never force you into something. And it, it's free will. That's what it comes down to. It's your free will to invite him into your life, allow him to make changes in your life, and completely surrender to him. It's it's your free will to do that. Exactly. And so how can I verify the difference between the water and the Holy Spirit baptism? Well, because I can personally testify to experiencing two separate events. I had a water baptism in a church in front of the whole church, I did this ceremonially, I guess you could say, and uh, wholeheartedly. But then uh, later, there was a baptism of the Holy Spirit in my home, which manifested into the gift of tongues. And this can happen to anybody. And so this happened to me. And so I received the gift of tongues in my home, but there was a baptism of the Holy Spirit because At the time this was going on, I'm in my home. I was in my living room. I was sitting on my couch as I started to speak other another language. And then I felt this like flow of water, almost like a river coming over me. But there was no water anywhere. It was supernatural. Praise God. Right. And so I started to speak in multiple languages. I could hear myself speaking Spanish. I could hear Middle Eastern. I could hear like an Italian, just a whole variety of things, Russian. That's what it sounded like to me. But then I heard French and that was it. The Lord allowed me to keep that as a permanent prayer language. I guess you could call it tongues. So I actually began to speak in French, which, by the way, I had a French-speaking pastor tell me that I was actually speaking French from another era, Elizabethan-era French. So that was another surprise for me. (laughs) That is so cool, though. God is just so cool. Exactly. And if you want to know more about tongues and the gift of tongues and spiritual gifts, we are doing a spiritual gift series. And we have a video specifically on tongues and another one on tongues and the interpretation of tongues. So if you want to hear more about that topic, we do have a video on that for you to go back to. And I'll leave a link for you guys below this video so you know where to find that. Thanks, Dina. You're awesome, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) You are welcome. So let's go ahead and take a look at what's coming up next year. So 
at the time of my Holy Spirit baptism experience, I received the gift of the French language, and it can be understood and translated by other French-speaking people, although I had never taken French, and, you know, here's another thing. I I speak French, but to this day, I couldn't tell you what I'm saying. I, I So it is coming from God. And, you know, I want to just say... Something I don't want to get too far into this topic, but we didn't mention it in the other one. Did you know, Dina, that they did a study at the University of Pennsylvania, I think it was, in which they attached electrodes to people's brains, like where the language center of the brain is? And do you know that when the people spoke in tongues, because they had a group of people come in who are religious Christians that spoke in tongues, and they said that when they were speaking in their prayer languages, that the language center of their brain was completely dormant. <laughs> I love that. Which means, it, it means clearly that those people were not doing that. that Amen. It was an act of God. Supernatural. It was, it was supernatural. And so there's there was even research done on that to prove that the individual is not doing that, that it is God inside the person doing it because we are the temple of the lord amen so i just thought that was interesting wanted to that's really that cool no we didn't talk about this in the other two videos okay so there you have it that's that's exciting so we're going forth into this topic of intimacy with god and we had to cover this other topic at length because i really think that that is the key to moving into deeper intimacy with the lord is having a full oil lamp would you agree with that dina absolutely absolutely when, when i got filled i was more i wanted to get closer to god i longed to get closer to him and mm -hmm. um be surrounded with god things god books god music so um yeah. Well, I I don't know that I could say I was longing to get closer to the Lord. I was just so busy with church stuff that I thought I was doing what God wanted. And I didn't know there was more to it than that. And so I'm sorry to say, but I, you know, you can make ministry into an idol. And not, you can uh, not very even true. know God of the ministry, you know? <laughs> so. Very true. Very true. Very yeah. true. Yeah. Well, that was before you got filled with the Holy Spirit, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Now, I'm talking about once you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, right. Once you, you're filled. But yeah. Yeah, in my case, I was like, mm. I was a nominal, marginal, um, atheistic, Christian, I guess you could call it. <laughs> There's all kinds of names for the lukewarm. And um, the Lord recently gave me a word, um, which was that, you know, the lukewarm are unbelievers. They're undecided. That, excuse me, he said they were undecided. That's what he said. And uh, so they're fence sitters. And, you know, they go back and forth between the world and Christianity or their faith. And that's not a good place to be, because like we said in a prior video, that the fence belongs to Satan also, that's right. by the way. <laughs> not that's a good right. place to be on that fence. So let's go forward with this study on intimacy with God, because I know people are sitting on the edge of their seats waiting for more. And so here's what we've got. I recommend in my teachings 
that we create an environment for intimacy with God. So we can worship God through many different ways. Let's take a look at this. We can worship God through prayer, which, like I said before, is talking to God. And we can talk to him anywhere. Where is the secret place? Anywhere you are. <laughs> the secret place can be in your car. It could be standing in the uh, checkout line. It's Wash. just anywhere you're communing with God, right? That's right. While you're doing dishes or doing laundry. Anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. It's a great time to spend time with the Lord. Anytime's a good time with, with God. And worship God through music. Be part of something musical or sing to him. Oh, he loves that. I know. You know, music is a great form of worship. Worship is very, very powerful. Because the yeah. more you worship God, the closer you get to him, the happier <laughs> you are, the more peaceful you are. And it's also, and this is not the reason why, you know, I do it. I just love to worship God. I f actually feel as if I'm... I can get in a moment where I feel like I'm in heaven with him. You know, I'm not. I'm on earth. But it's so amazing when I worship him that I feel that way. And it also, it makes the enemy flee. They don't want to be anywhere wow. near you worshiping God. Wow. I was just going to say that. Were Look you? at that. <laughs> Look at God. Wow. God is, God is on it. And, um, <laughs> you know, I would tell people, they'd say, oh, they were under demonic oppression in their homes and things like this. And I would say, play worship music, you know, yes. because the enemy hates that. And do you know, we found the scripture to back this up. Are you ready? Oh, I want to hear it. I don't have the reference, but we can try to look it up. And put I it will on. try to find it. I'll try to find okay. it for you guys. All right. King Saul, he took on a spirit as you recall, because he got in trouble with God. And so he took on a spirit. God sent him that spirit. Right, because he was so jealous of uh, David, mm -hmm. remember? But it was interesting. But David would come around and play music and sing to Saul. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. And that would give him relief from the spirits that were tormenting him. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. There's the evidence. Yes, yes, it's in there. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's really a, a neat reference. So anyway, just wanted to mention that. So music and worship of God is very powerful, very powerful. And uh, let's go on. Another form of worship of God is reading the Bible. People, we need to make time to get into those Bibles because the enemy doesn't want you in them because people are dying from lack of knowledge and it, it is the sword of the spirit, and it helps fight uh, the battles because the enemy is a liar, and he constantly wants to lie to you about things and lie about you, and you can always make reference to the scripture and say, no, that's not true. That I am a child of God. See what I'm saying? Well, just what and Jesus did when he was in the desert when the enemy tried to tempt him. Right. Exactly. Great point. And so another form of when you're intimate with someone is knowing about them, caring about what is important to them. If you don't care about somebody else and what's important to them, you don't really care about them. 
And so that's how we learn about the Lord is through his word, because he is the word, right? Amen. Amen. And so we must make time for that book and we can do it. We just have to put some other things down because the Lord said to me one time, Dina, that the enemies, one of the names of the enemy is distraction. Absolutely. I have to agree. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, and it's... We all struggle with this. If so. you, but if it, what I do, you guys, is I set time aside. I try to kind of make a date with God. Try every day. And in that date includes prayer, includes his word. And, um, you know, and, and it, it, it can mean getting up an hour earlier or going mm. to bed You know, um, setting that time aside before you go to bed. Usually the best time to connect with God for me, it's all day long. But Mm -hmm. usually to begin your day and just, you know, take, when I used to work a secular job, I used to try to get up, you know, 30 minutes before I really had to get up. Have my coffee, read my Bible, you know, get some prayer time in. It was difficult. It was very difficult you know, because you got to get to work, you got to go and sit in traffic, you know, but also if you devote, you know, even, you know, five minutes to start your day with God, you know, and then talk to him throughout the day, take your lunch hour, read scripture, talk to God, exactly. listen to scripture on your way to work with your audio, you know, audio on our phones. Now there's a Bible app on almost all these smartphones. On your way home, I used to do that too. If I didn't have time in the morning, I would listen to it on the way to work. I would also <laughs> listen to worship music on the way to work. Boy, uh-huh. was I, a, you know, I was in a good mood when I got to work because I worshiped God for 30 minutes. Right. Well, I found when you get into the Bible, even when it's tough because the enemy is trying to keep you from that book, I found some great rewards in getting into that book. Uh, God does amazing uh, he opens things up he points things up that have to do with your what you're going through at the time he gives you revelations through there's a lot of benefits in staying in that book and for me what i needed to do was i dedicated my lunch times to reading my bible and that was a huge you know lift for me at that point there you Another, go and here's what i did boy i'm gonna get the mail for this one, but I don't care. I'm going to say it. I turned the TV off. I got rid of TV in my life and I haven't really watched TV for about five years now. And I don't miss it. I don't miss the, you know, all the secular uh, viewpoints that they're trying to impose on us. And I fill my time that I would have with television with time with the Lord and working for the Lord. And I haven't missed television. In fact, I go to, you know, I'll go to, places where the tv's on and i listen to it and i go oh yeah that's why i'm I'm glad i don't have it on anymore (laughs) but so that's just me it worked wonders in my relationship and you know we're talking about intimacy with god you have to make some choices you've got to be set apart from the world well that's one big way to be set apart is to turn off the tv and that's just you know one recommendation but as far as like getting into the bible day in and day out i want people to understand that god is not a legalist and so if you miss reading the Bible one day, he's he's not going to hold it. He's not going to give you a smackdown over that. But I will say this. 
you have to be careful because one day can lead into two, two can go into three, that's and pretty right. soon a week later, you're not having picked up your Bible in a week. Uh, that's not the kind of habit you want to move into. So I think we just need to be disciplined because we are disciples about Bible reading. Amen. Right, Dina? Amen. Amen. And you know what? You know, you, we need his word, you guys, because it gives us strength. And it is a sport exactly. of the spirit. So, and a yeah. comfort. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you can fit in, like, either in the morning or in the evening or during your lunch hour, whatever way you can fit it in, I highly encourage you to do that. Because you need it. I need it. I, I tell you, if, if I miss a day or two... I'm, I literally miss, miss his word. It's food. Exactly. Okay. And so the next point is worship. Another form of worship of God is reading books about God and to receive insight from other Christians. And so this kind of brings us to a new, another dimension, but I, I want to mention this really quick. If you go into a Christian bookstore or go online to a Christian book site or whatever, I mean, there's a million books, right? <laughs> Just a million. And so I think the best thing that a Christian can do, a young Christian or what anybody, is pray about it and just say, Lord, please lead me to the right books. Give me insight on what books to, to go to and lead me to them. And believe me, I do believe that God will bring the right reading to you. And I have another thing I like to say about this topic is so many people read books about themselves, like trying to figure out how to have help with work or money, finances, and all of that. But I really found that when I started to focus on books that were all about God, just understanding who God is, that I learned about myself in the process because we can't really understand the creation until we understand the creator. Amen. And so that is, that should be your thrust. Your, forget about yourself. Focus on who created you because once you understand who your creator is, then you can understand more like why you exist. What is your purpose and that sort of thing. So let's take a look at another form of worship of God is telling others about God. That is another great form of worship of God is outreach and proclaiming your belief in God to other people. That is definitely a worship of God. Amen. Let's take a look at our next slide that we've got up here. And in creating an environment for intimacy with God, we want to make time for God through sacrifice, giving up some things for God. I think that's one of the best and, and gifts you can give God and yourself and yourself is to give up things. And I mentioned TV before. That was definitely something I had done. Could be but, social media. Uh, right. Get uh, off of fasting. Facebook. Fasting is another great uh, sacrifice you can make for the Lord. And so we need to look at that. What can we fast from? You know, not everybody can fast food because of their health. But you can certainly fast secular media, all forms of secular media, secular music, anything like that. You can fast from and replace it with Christian books and media, movies, that sort of thing. So 
the next point is if you draw close to me, I will draw close to you. It's undeniable. If you draw close to the Lord, he will draw close to you. It's a promise. And he promises that. And he delivers. And, and he delivers. He delivers. And so another thing we can do is pray for greater understanding of God's word, for him to open scripture up to us. And it's amazing how he'll do that. He will do that for you. I'll just tell you real quick, before I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would read the Bible and I really frankly didn't understand it. I thought it was a whole bunch of gobbledygook. I mean, I was really, like, I, I'm not exaggerating. And after I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we talked about, I would sit there and read God's word, and I would weep over it. Amen. And it was so moving to me. And I knew, I even knew that something supernatural was happening to me. And this is God. This is God opening my, my heart to his word. And so we want to pray to be in God's perfect will for our life. That is so important. We must surrender our own will over to the will of the Father. And there is scripture for this that says that even Jesus walked in this life in the will of the Father. When he was praying prior to being crucified in the garden, he was praying, Lord, take this cup from me. And then he says the most amazing word. He says, nevertheless, not thy will, but thine. Amen. Okay. That word to me is so significant because Jesus did not have to go through what he went through for himself. He did it for us and for the father to bring us all back together. He bridged our own will back to the ability to go back into the will of the Father, which was lost in the Garden of Eden. And so we need to thank the Lord that he did that, repent the time we've been in our own will, and ask to be in the will of the Father. And, you know, there's another place in Scripture, Dina, where Jesus says uh, he doesn't come in his own will, but he who sent him. That's right. And so... So I, here's my question for listeners. If Jesus didn't operate in his own will, how much more do we not need to operate in our own will but the Father's? And so this is, you know, we need to be in the will of the Father right now. Especially now. Here, oh, especially now. You're in grave danger if you are not in the will of the Father in this evil time. So let's get that piece done right away. If you haven't done that, you need to do that immediately. So we also want to pray for your desire to be in God's will. Pray that all that you desire for is the same desire that lines up with the will of God. And so these are all really important things to moving into intimacy with God. So uh, we've covered some important points in this program. We've talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how it differs from the water baptism and how important it is to the individual to move into that, give, giving God permission to move into their life. We've talked about creating an environment of intimacy. We've talked about the importance of being in the will of the Father. These are all very important things that Christians should be involved in and discipline and reading their Bibles. So we've covered a lot of information, but we're not done yet. Oh, you just so, barely scratched the surface. Oh, no. No, this this is a topic that is way bigger than a couple YouTubes, even, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but 
want to talk about this and how important this topic is. So this is merely a part two video. We've done another uh, Intimacy with God video. So we're going we're gonna to continue with part three. Yes, we are. And we invite you to come back and uh, enjoy more of this wonderful topic. I really don't know what could be more exciting than to be close with your creator. There is nothing in this world that is more exciting than that. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And I've done a lot of exciting things in this world. <laughs> and I exactly. can say that my time with God, particularly worshiping him, is the most exciting time in my life. God just period. Prayer and Bible reading and worship and telling others about him. It's just all exciting. It's all exciting. I just want to thank you all for listening to the show today. I want to thank you, Susan, for coming on the show today and uh, talking about this very important topic. And I look forward to part three of Intimacy with God. And um, thank you, everybody, for watching. Do you want to add anything, Susan? Just to share our videos with others and pass it along to people that you think might want to hear them or, or benefit from them because really we're, we're so busy doing these videos. We really don't have time to do much else. So we kind of count on uh, everybody out there to help us. Yes, definitely share you guys share these videos. I mean, now more than ever, it's so important to get close to God and to be right with God and, and to have that intimacy with him. So share, 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 and thank you for doing that. All right, with all of that said, we will talk to you soon. Have a great day, you guys.